Welcome to Dementia Dialogue. Stories bring us together and help us to understand one another. Our podcast gives people with lived experience of dementia a way to share their stories with each other and the broader community in order to increase understanding and connection and decrease stigma. In this episode of Dementia Dialogue, the first in a new series about intergenerational engagement, I speak with a group of people involved in the Circle of Music, an intergenerational choir for people living with dementia, their care partners, and local high school students in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario. My guests include Sasha Judelson, the creator of the Circle of Music program, Beth Wozlick, a high school teacher at Cameron Heights Collegiate Institute in Kitchener, and the teacher-student liaison for the Circle of Music. Marco Vronick, a former high school student participant in the Intergenerational Choir. And lastly, two enthusiastic participants in the Circle of Music program, Ernie McFarlane and Mary McMartin. My name is Lisa Loisel, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome, thank you all. We have a very large group here today, which I'm very excited about. We're talking about a special program, something that I know about in the KW area called Circle of Music. I just want to give an opportunity for each of our guests to say hello and just tell everybody who you are. So why don't you start, Marco? Hi, my name is Marco. I was a student partaking in the program. Currently, I'm a student in Western University first year. Thank you and welcome. Beth? My name is Beth Wasilik. I am the teacher sponsor for the Circle of Music. So every year I help gather a group of students to join the Circle of Music. Thank you and welcome. Sasha? Hi, I'm Sasha Judelson. I'm the creator of the Circle of Music and I lead and facilitate each week. Thank you. And we have our very special guests, uh, Mary and Ernie. <laughs> I'm Mary McMartin and Ernie McFarland. Yeah, and we're participants in the Circle of Music program. Happy participants. Yeah, absolutely. Sasha, since you're the, the creator, do you want to just tell us about what Circle of Music is? Yes, it's an intergenerational choir for people who are living with dementia and their primary caregiver and students and I created it because I wanted to discover and uncover ways for people to keep participating in music and feel able to participate so by that I mean not feel like oh I'm perhaps not good enough my voice isn't quite right but to feel as though this is something for them and the reason that I wanted to make it intergenerational is not only to bring in the energy that we all feed off from youth and that participation, but also to support the continuing development of what it's like to live with dementia, what it's like to caregive for someone with dementia, and to encourage all generations to see that it's not just the youth giving to the older adults, but that the older adults are giving back to the youth by sharing some of their experiences, sharing some empathy, showing some interest and developing those all important conversations, which are so important when people feel isolated and lonely. 
Right. So Ernie, this is exactly what you were saying. This is this is a way for you to continue to enjoy the music that you have mm -hmm. for many years. Yeah. yeah. So can you tell me about your experience, Ernie, with uh, being a participant okay. in the Circle of Music? I don't think this is going to be sort of long and convoluted. I think I, I just quite enjoy it. I, yeah. I think I mentioned I was part of a folk music group as a university student. I've enjoyed singing and playing. Mm -hmm. I've got two guitars, singing and playing guitar. So I've, I've always enjoyed singing. I'm not a great singer, but it's a lovely activity. Music is, is lovely. Yeah, I think you enjoy being with the people too. Oh, yeah, you know, other, sure. other yeah. Participants that are our ages and with the students, mm -hmm. I think it's really enriching as well to have that energy sitting next to you as well is really nice. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So my understanding is that there's um, three of you, right, who are kind of connected uh, during the circle of music. So um, you would have a student and then the both of you and you would. How, how did that work? I place a student with each older couple and those trios are permanent so the student is always grouped with the same older adult couple and the reason that I keep them grouped at the same each time is to encourage the development of the relationship so that it perhaps if a student walks in one week and says oh math was so difficult today the next week the older adults will very like to say how was math today and I think from a student point of view that helps them to see like oh there are other people in my life who care about what's happening to me and mm -hmm. I think that that's important in terms of societal development and encouraging people to realize that we are bigger than just our immediate selves, but that there are ways of developing relationships where you can care for other people and they can care for you. And I believe really strongly, and the research shows that if we give people a sense of your, this is a relationship that's going to build and develop rather than keep moving them around each time, there's much more comfort in trusting that relationship. Right, right. That was all very well said, I must say. <laughs> So Marco, you I, I, you were one of the students yes. from a, the, a local high school, um, and Beth was the um, the teacher who was the, coordinated from the the high school side. So, as you know, a student and as a teacher from that perspective, what was this like for for uh, you to be involved? I have to be honest. I was really worried at first. I have no singing experience, and I went into this. <laughs> And I sit down, and at first I felt this palpable gap between myself and uh, the older generation. Uh, however, Sasha did create this amazing community because every Monday I was looking forward to coming back and singing with my friends, regardless of any age, regardless of having dementia. I was I was um, looking forward to spending time with the participants of Circle of Music, and especially um, the bond that I shared with the couple that was assigned to me. Personally, I think the older gentleman sitting next to me had the best sense of humor I've ever met in my life. It's incredible. So it was a great experience as a student. So Marco, how did you get over that gap? It, it felt quit? really natural. I think the process of singing with people, the process of, uh, I think Sasha left this out, but 
in between singing, she would ask these questions in which we would talk about our own experiences. And I, I, I did get to know these people better and better. And there were times where I had a really difficult math class and I could share it with the immediate people beside me or even somebody else. And after, um, after singing, we had these uh, meetings where we would just put tables together and we could sit down and just talk. There was this natural tendency to uh, group the younger generation together and then the older generation decide. But that natural tendency sort of uh, dissipated with time and uh, we all just became this one big group which was really good to see. It took some time, of course, but it did happen. Yeah, relationships always take time. And so you've mentioned music. What is it for you personally that you um, got out of this intergenerational connection? A lot of really cool perspectives on the world because things that I might perceive in my own lens, um, somebody else perceives in a different lens. And it's really important to consider because the older generation has very different perspectives from what I have. However, those are so important because I've 100% learned many life lessons from many people within Circle of Music. And I, I like to apply those to my daily life. And in general, the friends that I've made are going to stay with me forever. Even if I don't see them as often, they definitely will. That's, that's lovely. <laughs> Mary, so on the other end of that, what did you take away from this intergenerational experience with Circle of Music? What were some of the, the things that you learned on your side? I really respected the intergenerational contributions, you know, from, from the younger folks. And, and we're all humans. <laughs> and, and, we're all, and, and we all enjoy music. Yeah. So it, was just, it was just a lot of fun. Music really does connect people in ways that you know, other things can't. And obviously, Sasha saw that as a, as a great connector. I think the important thing for us all to remember and for anybody who's thinking about setting <coughs> up this sort of intergenerational experience is that what's very different about the circle of music is that we're not performing. We're not working towards a performance. So if we make a mistake, we make a mistake. We might laugh about it very occasionally. We might try that verse again, but we're really using the music as a vehicle to make those intergenerational connections. And so those questions that Marco was referring to, everybody gets asked then. It's not oh, let's just ask the Sopranos this question. It's everybody. And so everybody is equal and contributing in a way that fits for them. That's a very interesting way of looking at the music because I think, Marco, I think you you said this when you when you were first speaking about your experience that you were a little afraid <laughs> uh, because you had no singing experience. But I guess that's not the point. The point is coming and making a connection and, and just enjoying time together. So Beth, what was this like for you as a educator and supporting the students to be involved in the circle of music? How did you become involved? You know, why, why did you say yes to this undertaking? What was it like for you? So the way I became involved is the teacher who was originally in charge of it was leaving the school and was sort of taking a, a step back. And he asked me if I could become involved with the program. 
So I teach the psychology course at the school along with um, sort of the food and nutrition. So I'm not actually involved in the music program, but I have been involved in music my whole life. I'd say growing up, going to church and singing at summer camp, like singing is something that I have always done. But then I sort of think I, there was a gap there. Um, so me personally, it was really nice to get back to singing with people because I think that's just like a really nice community building thing. And then from a teacher perspective, when I got involved, it was really neat to see my students get involved in the program uh, because the students who have become a part of the program are typically students that I do have some sort of connection to. So it's really neat to see them going to Circle of Music and getting some additional support there because sometimes we walk over from the school to the church. So sometimes I know that a student has had a bad day or that uh, things are stressful for them. And then it's neat to see in turn their partners when they walk in sort of pick up on it and offer support and sort of ask them how their day was because they sort of recognize that the students need that support. So it's neat for me to see that relationship build and for them to sort of get that from the couple. From a teacher's perspective, what did you see as the, the biggest benefits for the students in being involved in intergenerational activities? Yeah, I think it's just offering them another caring relationship, especially we've been doing this through COVID. I think I've been involved now maybe for three or four years, Sasha. I'm not sure if you know the timeline, but yeah, I think that's about (laughs) how I've been involved. So it's nice to see them sort of get that support And it's also, I think Marco mentioned this, but it's also good for them to see sort of different perspectives as different generations and seeing may how may differ, but then also how it might be uh, very similar. Um, So I think, yeah, just seeing them get that that Mm -hmm. support, I think out of the school, out of the home, just like showing them another place in the community where they can have support is really valuable. Yeah, Beth and I sometimes joke and say, actually, no student should be allowed to leave high school without having some sort of intergenerational experience. But also because it gives them an opportunity to feel like I'm seeing a different perspective at the same time as giving back. So they're not only supporting the person living with dementia, but the caregiver has it's only an hour, really, in total, maybe an hour and a quarter of, oh, my person living with dementia is not totally my responsibility at this time. And that's that true meaning of intergenerationality, where everybody's getting something out of the experience, but it's not necessarily the same experience for each of us. Yeah, and and that's really interesting, because when you do, we all know that care partners it's a very stressful this is this is dementia is something that affects the whole um, family unit so the care partners you know there's a there's a lot of responsibility it's stressful for the person living with dementia so to have almost a the weight kind of balanced out on three people it's kind of nice Mary do you what do you think about that well I think and feel about that (laughs) Yeah, I definitely when you're saying that there's a shared a shared uh, responsibility within the room, it's lovely to just 
myself be able to just enjoy the experience and see that Ernie is enjoying it as well with with other people and that he's making a connection with other students because that was such a huge part of his his career so it's just feels very relaxed which is a feeling that doesn't come often sometimes and enriching at the same time and just say I think that one of the things that is difficult to create but really important in these settings is that sort of unpressurized informal environment and often that gets lost when people think oh so there's no purpose to it and you don't perform and Mm. that's quite the reverse yeah it's very purposeful it's just we want that informality to come through so that people feel able to participate Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and happy to be there. So, Sasha, obviously, this is called Dementia Dialogue. Um, and we're, this program is uh, focused around the, a trio of a person living with dementia, a care partner, and a student. This could have been, however, uh, just a program with an older adult, more experienced adult, and a student. Why did you want to make this a dementia related program? It's a great question because you're absolutely right. This could exist without that person living with dementia being an element of it. I think that we become a stronger, more enriched society through being inclusive, through saying to ourselves and to our community around us, these people have lots of capabilities and lots to still contribute and we want for them to be able to do that in in an environment where they feel able to participate and I think the more we understand about living with dementia and caregiving for someone living with dementia the more we become a community that is empathetic and understanding and inclusive. For me, that's what society and community should be about. Well said. <laughs> and so what I'm what I'm finding really incredible is in speaking with everybody until I brought up the fact that, you know, dementia is a part of this nobody mentioned that dementia is a part of this. It's because it seems to me that it was such an inclusive community group that you were all equal, right? It, and and it, I think in society, a lot of people think that, well, why would you do something with a, you know, with somebody living with dementia? They can't participate in that anymore. But it nobody mentioned it, right? As part of, of the the joy you were just all people like you said Ernie we are all humans and we're all there just to um you know enjoy ourselves so that to me is so exciting that really is it truly wasn't it sounds like it was a very inclusive experience and it wasn't about dementia and it wasn't about um you know let's make it better for the person with dementia. It's like, just, let's just all be in community and sing, which is brilliant. So yeah. congratulations for that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and 
encouraging everybody to see that we're all making contributions that are right for us in that moment. That's those questions that I ask in connection with the lyrics. Everybody gets asked them, including the person mm -hmm. with, that's living with dementia. Mm -hmm. And we want their answer. And sometimes it's incredible what comes out of those conversations. And I think that those are really key. Marco can probably speak to this much better, but really key to helping all of us and youth particularly see that these people are still able to contribute and have contributed in ways that we wouldn't know if we weren't together. So Marco, without, you know, any um, going, not breaking anybody's confidence, can you tell me, uh, just give me an example of a question that may have come up and, and you know, kind of what, how that, you know, what you would have talked about. Absolutely. Um, for example, we would sing uh, one of the songs is about flying a kite. And then Sasha would ask, hey, um, can you tell me about your first experience with flying a kite? And everybody's experience is so different, regardless of uh, who the person is asking. Everybody's going to have a different take on flying their first kite. Mine got lost in the tangles of some high school and the wires of a telephone pole. But uh, for example, uh, the person aside to me, the, the couple, uh, both had much better answers than I did. And it was awesome to, because uh, you get to know them so much better. I personally worked and volunteered at a long-term care home. And there were sessions with musical therapy because it is very beneficial to uh, individuals living with dementia. Uh, however, those questions is what I think draws everybody together so much. That That's something I've never seen in a, in a program like this because you forget where you are. Time flies by with those types of questions. They, they link everything together. I think they're a vital point to the program. Did anybody else have any uh, questions that really stood out in their mind from the sessions that they were involved with? For me personally, sometimes Sash will ask for, you know, your best piece of advice or what do you do if you're feeling down or something like that. And for me personally, I'm always listening for the advice of the more experienced people in the room. So one that I still use to this day is like when I can't sleep and I'm stressed and you know, you can't sleep because you're stressed about not sleeping. One of the women had the piece of advice that she recognizes. She's like, my body is resting. So it's okay, don't need to stress. So I, I still use that piece of advice to this day. And that must've been <laughs> two or three years ago. So in a way this was an intergenerational experience for you as well, Beth? Oh yeah, it, it definitely is for me. I definitely learn from, from them as well. I think it's been really beneficial and it's been nice for me personally because I've been there for so many years that like I've built a relationship with those couples over the years because they've been a part of the program for so long. Right, so are the students typically, they're different every year or do they go through several years of this? It depends on the year, uh, to be honest. We have had some students, I'm thinking about one who I think was there for three or four years, who depends sort of when we get them involved in the program. Um, to be honest, I teach mostly grade 12 classes, so that's sort of where I, I make the connections and I find students who I think would enjoy it. Uh, so that's something we, we're working on. I like to sort of get them to come in a bit younger, but sort of based on the practicalities of me finding them in the building, it's easier with the students in my classes. Right. 
So obviously the students have a choice, correct? You you kind of tap them on the shoulder, say, hey, there's this, you know, opportunity. They're not getting anything from it, right? As far as credits go. So this is a purely voluntary opportunity for them. So I guess from your perspective, Beth, but also Marco, why why do you think students uh, get involved? Well, I think at first there's, like Marco said, he had a bit of apprehension with the music part of it. I've, I've had that actually quite a bit because when I'm asking students to be involved, I'm not a music teacher, right? So I think before I got involved, um, it was often students from the music program, but that's not really the case anymore. So I think we have more students who are a little apprehensive about their singing capability. But once they get there, they recognize that it's not really about how well you're singing. Um, and then what keeps them coming back is like, they actually really love it. So I'll often I'll see students earlier in the day and they'll tell me they're looking forward to Circle the Music. Some of them tell me it's like, the highlight of their week. Um, so right. I think, yeah, so I think they actually really enjoy it. That they don't need incentive to be coming back. And, and to add on to that, um, I think what makes Circle of Music so great, in my opinion, is its regularity. Everybody will show up on Monday. Everybody will show up every week. It's it's a vital point of Circle of Music. If there's that regularity, must happen. And once it does, once it sets into this routine, it was the highlight of my week. I can confidently say that I was looking forward to every Monday. My, my day, I knew um, no matter how, how my school day would turn out, I would have this wonderful one hour and a quarter um, of just singing with my friends. And it was definitely something I, I was looking forward to because um, I would catch myself, let's say I'd had a, a cool experience in the week. It doesn't have to be school related. It can be anything related to my life. But I would catch myself thinking, man, I really want to share this with some people from the program. What's interesting to me with both what you're saying, Beth and Marco, is that the fear was the music and not the fact that a person was living with dementia, which to me also is very refreshing because when I was working in the dementia field, I was working with a lot of older adults, and I think there is a, a general fear in society about dementia and, you know, am I going to even, eventually be living with dementia, diagnosed with dementia? But it seems that I think a young, the younger generation is, is getting beyond that and seeing people just for who they are and not the fact that you know, people are living with dementia. It didn't sound like there was any apprehension because the person was living with dementia. A am I, is this accurate what I'm saying? So you were more afraid of the singing than, you know, much more. Much <laughs> than understanding the, understanding dementia. It's only really the first um, session where you're afraid of because right away you come in and Sasha is the best host I can imagine for this uh, because <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you're not worried uh, first song goes through and you're just happy to be there it's it's, it's really only the first session where you're afraid I, I should stress that because it's not a continuum yeah I would agree in that they get over it it seems after the first session and when I talk to the students about circle of music and I explain what it is to my classes I don't think I've ever had a student 
be apprehensive about that. The one question though, or the one aside I'll say though, is I am the psychology teacher and I recruit from the psychology class. So I think those students are quite empathetic um, and are sort of more interested in different human experiences. So I think that also plays into maybe the kids who are actually deciding they want to participate and speak to me about it. That it's it's just very refreshing to to hear that when I'm so used to hearing people are afraid and um, they don't know what to expect. But, you know, you again, as Ernie said it right at the beginning, we're all human. Uh, We're all different. We all need to have an opportunity to learn about each other. Um, And it sounds like that's exactly what Circle of Music did. I I think that. There's an important aspect that that although the music is our vehicle, because each of us can sing to different extents, that's why we can use it. If it was a cooking club or an art club, it would be different because if you don't know where to begin to create a piece of art, let's say, that is different to recognizing the melody of a song and feeling able to contribute in an unjudged environment. And because music is the most deeply held of our memories, mm-hmm. right? Most effectively built when we're children. Yeah. And if you do that, then it it never leaves you. But nevertheless, musical memories are so, you know, in that coil of the brain, they're the deepest ones. Yeah. That Sasha's comment did make me think about the music choice, though. So she hasn't really mentioned how she chooses them that she might elaborate on. But she typically chooses songs that will be meaningful to the more experienced participants. So, you know, songs from maybe some Disney movies that their kids would have watched or some sort of common songs. But from my perspective, when I have conversations with students, many times those songs are new to them. So, and especially, maybe Marco can speak to this because he he did not know many of the songs when we started. But it's neat to see them learning those songs and then sometimes hearing the stories from their partners in the circle of music of how they know that song. Um, Because a lot of the time they are new songs to the students. Marco, you were laughing pretty, <laughs> you're smiling. You had a very big smile. What What do you want to, what's your story? Oh, oh I, I knew that absolutely none of the songs. There were very few that I knew and everybody was looking at me because I moved to Canada in grade 11. So I, I, I am from Ukraine and I moved here recently. So it, a lot of these songs were new to me and, and everybody was really weirded out. How, how do you not know this? But um, over time, I did learn them. And sometimes I'll be just walking, you know, even even now that I'm not uh, in the program, unfortunately, because I, I moved. But now that I'm not in the program, I still sometimes recall these songs and it would always make my mood better. So, Mary and Ernie, if I can, if I can uh, uh, press on you again about what did you enjoy most um, about the Circle of Music program? I would say community. It's it's kind of the same reason we say on the same, we live on the same street with all ages on our street. And we're not looking to move to any um, community that's just our age. It's nice to have the perspectives of all the ages. So, you chose a great word, yeah. community. 
And so (laughs) it it feels that way at Circle of Music. And Ernie always looks forward to Mondays and and going and singing and and talking with the student that's next to us. It's always, um, he's always ready by the door, (laughs) ready ready to go. And and it's nice to chat with people after. So it's just a really lovely, relaxed, comfortable, uh, familiar to our old life, maybe feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of advice would you give a community if they wanted to recreate something like a circle of music or just an intergenerational music program? I would say that I was a little nervous about students being committed. Um, just because we really did want the same student with the same couple every week, right? So from a teacher perspective, I was sort of a little apprehensive about that and having students not commit to being there every week. But I think once we got the program going and students were really enjoying themselves and the expectation is that they were there every week, I, I sort of lost that apprehension about students not committing because we really do need committed students to make it work. So, yeah, I think I would agree that it would be a great program to have running out of many high schools. And from my perspective, I'm just, I'm, I get to sit and have fun and sing every week. So yeah, I would encourage more schools to get involved. Marco, how about you? What would you, what kind of advice would you give to to folks about getting involved in a program like this? Um, I really think it was a combination of having the right teacher approach you. My teacher, Ms. Waslik, was uh, very forthcoming about, hey, Marco, if you're doing this, you have to commit. You're going to be here every Monday. You can't miss out on this because this is this is a thing that must be routine. It has to happen every week. And it really needs a good coordinator such as Sasha because she she ties everything together you go there um i personally relax it wasn't i I never had my guard up i never had to think about what to say what to do it was a relaxing experience um i'm sure sasha probably uh, did a lot of planning because everything felt so very organized Mm -hmm. um and you could you could really feel that because uh, you come in and you just enjoy yourself um so i think if students are given this opportunity that they should absolutely do take it because the lessons you learn, the experiences you have, uh, it all contributes to developing yourself as a person. And uh, I think that's what really volunteer hours are for, uh, because it might be an incentive to finish your diploma, but that's too simple. Uh, that is there to develop you a- as a person. And this sort of program really will push you to uh, have more interpersonal connections with people. So, Very well said. Thank you. And Mary and Ernie, what would you say to folks that... Uh, you know, have an opportunity to be involved in intergenerational programming. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> it's just uh, music is just trying to think of the right words. So something that connects people of all ages. Mm-hmm. And so this program does that very, very well. That's yeah. my opinion. And I love the relaxed atmosphere. I wish there were more programs like this in every mm-hmm. community. We do drive from Guelph. Uh, and at first I was a little worried about that because we're trying to build a community of people in our similar circumstance, but we've made connections with people in Waterloo who are who have similar feelings and there are other people that come from Guelph, but I certainly think it's one of the best music programs and we so enjoy it and mm-hmm. we appreciate all of Sasha's gifts that she brings to us. Yes. Yeah. 
And Sasha, I'll give you kind of the last word. If, you know, do you have any advice for folks out there about intergenerational programs? And I think the, the clearest advice I can give, which sort of builds on what Marco was saying, is absolutely, there's a lot of planning to create a session each week that works and flows and is relaxed from choosing the music to placing which song is going to follow which song to making sure that you're able to communicate with your pianist in a way that is effective but not intrusive to the flow to make sure that the music that you're choosing is tapping into the musical memories of the people who are living with dementia and that takes subtle questions about how old someone is so you can work out when they were listening to the music that resonates with them to finding people who will volunteer to host the social time so that you haven't got one person in this situation it would be me who's dominant right that that doesn't create an atmosphere where everybody feels equal if you allow a dominant person to always in this but I think that purposefulness is really key that's why it tends to be why community programs don't always succeed this concludes the first episode in this new series on intergenerational engagement stay tuned for more episodes on this topic this dementia dialogue episode is released under a new partnership of the Alzheimer's Society of Ontario and the Centre for Education and Research on Aging and Health at Lakehead University. The Alzheimer's Society is excited to take on a leadership role in producing and marketing our podcast to strengthen the voice of people with lived experience of dementia. Dementia Dialogue continues to receive financial support through the Dementia Community Investment of the Public Health Agency of Canada. Please continue to follow us on Facebook. Our web address remains dementiadialogue.ca. You may also reach us through email, dementiadialogue at allson.ca. That's A-L-Z-O-N dot C-A. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>